I'm standing on the road that runs from Dunlow to Burton Port. Looking around, there's bog, there's heather. The colours, it's October this time of year, are purples and oranges and greens. I'm looking at, over to my left, I'm looking at the beautiful Loch Mila, completely unspoiled. People fished there years ago. Uh, in contrast, around me, some modern-looking two-storey houses built all around. But this particular cottage, looking at it from the road, it looks like a traditional old two-room cottage. Beside it, an old barn used to have thatch, but I can see that the roof has fallen through completely and uh, completely surrounded by brambles, by weeds. I see blackberries growing in abundance over there uh, to my left, but uh, no discernible path in to actually get to the cottage and it doesn't look like anyone has gone in to visit it in quite some time. No path trodden through these weeds whatsoever. A man and a woman lived in a cottage. How are you doing? My name is Katrina McFadden. Hello, I Katrina. work with RTE with the Curious Ear programme. Okay. I'm sorry for interrupting, but you are the next door neighbours to this lovely cottage over here. Right, okay. And I was wondering if I could ask you a few questions about it. Yeah, no problem. Do you mind coming out to, just to the front step till we have a wee look at it here? Yeah, yeah, fine. There's always cars stopping along the road and photographing, regardless of the weather, mm-hmm. spring, summer, winter, whenever. Always getting photographed. So it's very, very popular. A man and a woman lived in a cottage. They had a disagreement. Generally, you'd find, in, in, particularly during the tourist season, the summertime, if, if, if one were to travel on that road between Burtonport and Dunlow, you'd find people taking pictures of the house, foreigners in particular. And, and it's, 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 in, it's in many postcards nowadays. It was quite a nice little place. Mm-hmm. Now, as we sit here in your living room, John, we can see out your window over to the post office where you used to work. Did you sell this postcard? I did. And it was very, very popular. It was a good seller. A man and a woman lived in a cottage. They had a disagreement. She left. It's not quite the cottage that you would have seen on the John Hind postcard. The white walls are now, uh, the, the paint is long gone, but the door is still blue, the windows are still blue. There's a tin roof. I'm just waiting for Ian Smith, who was inspired by this cottage. All the brambles. I've never been up to the cottage and it's kind of strange. It's a strange feeling, you know, having written a song based on a postcard mm-hmm. and a story because uh, the, the idea of the song really came from in my local post office one day and there was a man who would originally be from here was on holiday and he was posting the postcard to someone and uh, I just mentioned, oh, you're posting the famous postcard of the house and he said, I am. And when he had gone, John Columbo, our postmaster, said, you know the story of that house, Ian? I said, no, I don't, John. He said, well, um, you know the door of that house was left open for 30 years. And of course, because I'm a songwriter, 
I was fascinated. I said, why? And he said, well, the story is that his wife left him. And that's all was said. There was nothing said. And I bought the postcard and I sent it to a friend of mine who I sometimes co-write songs with, called Enda Cullen from Wicklow. And I sent the postcard and I said, phone me. There may be a song here. And uh, when he called, I was saying about the, from the basic idea of the door being left open, it was a fascinating subject for songwriters. So between us, we came up with the finished product of the song, Brightest Sky Blue. The graveyard is silent, his neighbours long gone. There's no one to sit by his side. Though he'd hardly notice, he's left on his own. Sean's been that way most of his life. But once he was young, with a heart that was light, he'd hopes and intentions of few. At that time in his life, he'd a beautiful wife, and her eyes smiled the brightest sky blue. And it seems to garner a lot of great reaction whenever it's sung, when you tell the history of what you think may happen. Now our song may be nowhere near the truth, it may be near the truth. That cottage belonged to James Dominic Pat. I knew the man and he lived there for until he died maybe 10, 12 years ago. Originally he lived across with his wife and family and there would have been about six, seven members in the family and he, he lived in, in Glasgow. And he's an exceptionally hard-working man, James was. He worked on the building sites across there. But they, they always <coughs> harboured the desire to return to, to Ireland, as most people do. And the came back earlier and they lived in another little cottage further away than that one. And then eventually, apparently, this cottage that we have on the postcard here, it came on the market and was available for him to buy. And he once told me that he had tremendous difficulty in getting the money together. I forget what amount it was, but it was a relatively small amount by today's standards. But he managed to gather it up anyway. And he bought the wee cottage. The bridge was the girl from the end of the lane. Same time, couldn't keep them apart. He told her he loved her and she felt the same. They'd each lost and stolen the heart. Her father agreed and the match it was done. Sean's hands made her wishes come true He built her cottage of white With a thatch of pure gold And a door of the brightest sky blue He then would go back again to work on the building sites in Scotland and his wife Nan would look after the kids at home and they grew up there and they, they were very much part of the local community and we would visit their house and they would visit our house at night time making what they call the arnial which was the old term for people socialising Brambles are still at us right up to the door oh, yes. <laughs> well, well a beautiful blue door see, frame yeah. and still pink pink paint, pink plaster yeah, on the walls the, the way I'd say it's decorated the, the colour schemes probably of the time it was on you know um, 
But as I say, it hasn't been lived in for a long time now, and it is getting a bit dilapidated. But uh, fascinating, you know, fascinating. Take a wee step over the threshold for us. The cottage that we're in, the family... James had six or seven children. And when we stand here now, there's, I suppose, by modern standards, I would say there's barely room enough for the pair of us. Can you imagine six or seven children being reared in this cottage? I know, it's fascinating. And when I think back to those times when people had larger families, it kind of blows the myth of um, comfort in a room for every child when there's maybe been five or six. I didn't know the family. I don't know their history. But I can imagine a lot of noise, a lot of laughter, and a lot of frantic going-ons when you've got five, six, seven children in a small two-roomed house and a mother and a father trying to feed them, trying to... Although I don't know for certain, but that would be my imagination. You could and, imagine everyone yeah, getting on top yeah, of each of other. Co- of course, but I think a lot of that created uh, what I would call from my, my imagination as a songwriter, creates a, a really good family spirit. Mm-hmm. They would have their fights, no doubt, and they would have their follows but creates a family spirit and a a sense of sharing as well, you know. But maybe that's just my romantic head on me, I don't know. (laughs) They lived there in the 50s. At some stage or other anyway, somewhere in the late 60s, the, the children had all emigrated. He and his wife split up for whatever reason. And she never looked back as she lowered the latch on her door the brightest sky blue She went across to Glasgow and she was living there with some of the family members there and of course he was devastated at her going away like that Sean saw she was gone and he knew he was wrong His heart bore more pain than his pride Most Neighbours would tell you that the, his door was always open. He left the front door open. And apparently the idea was that, that uh, it, her, the door was open for her should she ever decide to return. He nailed open the door as a signal for her that he needed his love by his side. We're standing here at your front door and when you look across, you're looking straight at the front of the cottage and straight into that open door. Do you ever remember that door being closed? No, it was always open. What they used to say locally was that he left the door open, hoping that his wife would return someday. So he said the door would always remain open for her. So it's quite romantic, really. It is. (laughs) It is. Yeah, that, that was the story anyhow that was going around. The door was always open. Autumn and spring... Winter, summer's the same He kept hoping his dream would come true For long years in vain He sat watching the lane Through her door of the brightest sky Into the cottage, the first thing you notice is the blue door Two panes of glass, one of them broken uh, One of them completely gone altogether A small window straight ahead into the scullery or into the little hallway and as you walk into the left it's actually quite eerie because there's a bright blue fireplace and uh, beside it a blue wooden chair uh, painted in a kind of a turquoise colour and facing out the window so you could imagine somebody sitting here staring out the window and, uh, and waiting for somebody to come back to them. 
fairly safe place to deliver around here. People, even to this very day, might not always lock their doors. But uh, to leave them open, especially overnight, was, was, was something unusual, yeah. And in winter, I can imagine it would have been cold. Yeah, it, it was. It wouldn't be all that comfortable, especially when, when, when you didn't have any electricity or, or central heating or stuff like that. So, yeah, that, that was another hazard. He used to keep it so well himself, James. You know, every summer it got whitewashed and he was always tidying around the ground and what have you. He did keep it very well mm-hmm. and it was lovely when it was kept well. But, you know, it's, it's really gone downhill now. As you were saying, when, when you knew him, you were a young girl and he was an older man. So would you have ever been in the house or oh, in the cottage? Yeah. Yes, we would have been. He used to make pancakes and bring us over for pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> So a kind gentleman. A nice old man he was, yeah. He was a lovely old man. He was like a part of the furniture. He was always around and he was always in our house and he'd come over at Christmas and, you know, mum would have him over for dinner. He was quite a character, so he was. He, he worked here in the local fish factories and as well as working on the land. Uh, he, he was a very good worker. He, he was quite a quite a jolly character, so he was. Very, very, very jolly man. And uh, like to, to he had plenty of stories to tell. Yeah, And the fact that the door was left open, did anyone ever talk about that? Or was it just one of those things that it was there, it was open and nobody really spoke about it? Those things weren't discussed, not as much as they would be maybe today. Mm-hmm. There's generally no one in the area that, that maybe he he hoped that she would return at some stage and uh, that was his way of, of saying to her, you're welcome whenever you come back. Mm-hmm. The idea of someone sitting on his own you know, in the silence, and she's gone, and just waiting in a silence for what, I don't know, you know. For long years in vain, he sat watching the lane, hoping his dreams would come true, you know, uh, waiting for her not through the door of the brightest sky blue. Does anybody know why the woman left the house? No idea. I have no idea why she ever left. I know he had a son. He may have had more, but I know he had one son. Mm-hmm. Rumour has it that his son shot him. Oh. Whether or not there's any truth in that, it could just be, you know. It's hard to reconcile then the two stories. One story of a, a man inviting children around and giving them pancakes and all the rest. And then another story of a son shooting his father. It's kind of a, a rare one, really, it isn't is. it? It was, a rare, it was a rare story, really, especially for the time going back, you know, whatever many years ago it was, a long time ago. And as you say, marriage was for life then. Mm-hmm. You know, the idea of, of the wife just taking off and never coming back was, was unheard there, of. And was there ever any uh, correlation or association between the shooting and the wife leaving? No, I don't think so. Two I'm, separate incidences? I think so, yeah, as far as I know. Was there ever any news of her coming back? Did she ever come back within those 30 years? Did anybody ever hear? Not that I'm aware of, no. I've never heard of her coming back, No. And when, when James passed away, was the door open even then? Yeah, it, it was left as it was. I can remember his daughter and his granddaughters coming home mm-hmm. one summer from where I, th- I think it might have been Canada. Mm-hmm. would have been his daughter and his granddaughters and they actually stayed in our house mm-hmm. because he didn't have room in the cottage for them. Now... This door has been open for 30 years, so I don't think we should close it fully, but maybe no. we should just see if, it, if it's possible to close it, just to, just to be sure to I'm rule almost, that one out. I'm almost kind of scared to touch it, you know. Yeah, I don't want to really close the door fully, because mm. that would just be 
a mortal sin. No, it might uh, be bad luck, but the we songs do. Uh, was open for 30 years. I'm not going to be the person to close <laughs> it completely. What do you think of the romantic nature of the song? Uh, it's, it's very, very, yeah, it's, it's very nice. Could you have imagined James as such a romantic man leaving the door open for 30 years in the hope that his wife would come back to him? Yeah, yeah, he he, he was like that. There was a romantic streak in him, no doubt. And, and uh, I suppose the fact that he did leave the door open was, was, a, was an indication of that. There's a little twist at the end of the song where the third person has taken the door off. They've repainted it and cut it. I ordered the best men the town could provide. I had the planks stripped and painted anew. And on that note, I think we should step over the door and leave it be. We'll leave it be and uh, hopefully someone will come along in another generation and see it and write another song about this little... There's a letter for breach If one day she returns He wrote out just what I should do And his last will and test He'd one simple request He'd the door of their cottage removed I ordered the best men the town could provide I'd the planks stripped and painted anew Sean had passed his regrets Now he'd go to his rest In a box of the brightest sky blue